Blog Talk Radio. This week's Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought. This week's Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com/slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio to start your free trial membership. This week's Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com/slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio to start your free trial membership. Broadcasting live from the PCR studio. The Emperor has been expecting you. Where Geekishik and Pandemonium reign supreme. Come to the coast and get together, have a few laughs. Your hosts will discuss everything you need to know about the world of Geek. Oh yeah! So grab your staff, throw on your cape, and roll your 20-sided die. Because it's time for... Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Good to welcome to another exciting episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio, yeah. where Flagoon apparently cannot hear us. He's trying to get the wires all figured out. All right, is everything figured out? Power's there. Power's there, just not me. Okay. I cannot hear a thing. Turn up the volume. Volume's all the way up. Oh, it, oh I'm using this one. Uh, Is so it it's the, probably gonna... the quirky one? Yeah. Anyways, I'm, I'm welcome. Using the, I'm using the crappy uh, headset here. Uh, 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 uh. There we yeah. go. Oh, there, there we go. There we go. Uh, there no, we go. Gotcha. All right. we gotcha. You guys can hear me. I just can't hear you. Okay. Well, welcome, everyone, to Dungeon Garage Radio. Uh, we are here at Epic Puzzles and Games in West Valley City, Utah. Yes, so they make that's magnificent grilled cheese sandwiches. They they make amazing grilled cheese sandwiches <laughs> with garlic mayo. It was fantastic. See, I told you. Uh, Revan wins this one. Yes, I do. No, garlic mayo lost. However, Flagoon was just playing the amazing uh, card game Smash Up. Yeah, I won. I was playing with like Cthulhu cards. Yeah. And zombies. So so, for those of you that don't know what Smash Up is, it the game on uh, big games there. Or Big Bang Theory, yeah. that game that they're randomly playing, mm-hmm. it's actually based off of the card game Smash Up. So uh, it's the game awesome. I remember from Big Bang Theory is Rock Paper Scissors Lizard Spock. Well, that one's <laughs> awesome too. <laughs> Just as good. And if you don't have your shirt for that, uh, shame on you. I don't have my shirt for that. <laughs> shame on you. For shit. Yes. You guys out geek me in that. I would oh, have oh. to say you would need to uh, definitely. Uh, Deliver that exactly how Sheldon does on the show, with no emotion, nothing, you know, no sarcasm, just straight. I don't think you guys could handle me being straight. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I think we've asked enough. Maybe we should we tell everybody who we are. So this is uh, Revan. It's a guy named Joe. This is the great, mighty, and powerful Lord Flagoon. I'm Little Ben. And Decora. Yay! And Colin will be here eventually. Yes, Colin. Okay. Colin better be getting me like a coffee or something. I don't think he is. I'm going to have to let him know. He needs to give me yeah. coffee. discussions with him about this. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. On top of that. I don't know if that coffee is going to go so, to your orchard, uh, though. So in the meantime, there's no, there is yeah. no chat open yet? No, no chat. No, okay. so basically, uh, 
we're going to put this out there. We're, we're going to make this because this is official. If you're if you're one of the hosts and you're late to the show, donuts, right? All right. Oh, pizza. But I can't pizza. eat donuts. <laughs> Just pizza? pizza? Where's the pizza we asked to be delivered last Gummy week? Gummy bears. <laughs> Gummy, Gummy bears. bears. Gummy bears. Bouncing here and there and everywhere. Yep. All right. All right. They still <laughs> so, uh, airheads at the front. Next what? week. They still airheads at the front. Yes. Oh. I'm, uh, so next week uh, we have a great guest on uh, the would, guy would like pre- that uh, did the internet sensation talk nerdy to me out on YouTube. He'll be on the show Keith, next week. Uh, his name is Keith. Yeah, I can't remember his last name. Woot, woot. I, I do apologize. It's on our Facebook page. Get out there and check it out. However, tonight we will have an amazing show with the man, the myth, the legend, the man. I have been the, I have been looking forward to this 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 night for for quite a while. Yeah, since you basically said, yeah, he's on he's going to be on tonight. Yeah. So the the man, the god, uh or creator of Forgotten Realms, Ed Greenwood will be on the show tonight. Zeus himself. Yes, we will be talking to, to him about his new book, The Herald, uh which is the sixth book in the Sundering, uh which pretty much wraps up the Sundering series. The in, and then allows for the next version of D&D to come out. And for those interested, Revan has a review up on the website now. Yes. He read the book. He wrote up a review. I think he had Colin post it. Colin posted it wrong, so I fixed it. So now it's on the website. Hey, it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome. Not only that, uh, I do know Wizards also put out a tweet as well as several other things that uh, you know Ed will be on the show tonight and they even gave out our call-in number, so we may have a flood of, of phone calls, which will be awesome. And if we don't, that's still awesome because we're talking to Ed Greenwood. I can see the giddy in their faces. It, oh, it, just, it is. It gives us more of a chance to talk to Ed. Exactly. I mean, just his voice is amazing. So you think he's kind of weirded out listening to you talk about this? Like he's like you're gushing over him? No. Okay. No. I don't. Oh, think they're so. talking about my voice again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kind of creepy. And he's got an amazing beard too. I mean, come on. Yeah, he, he, he literally the person who can't grow facial hair. Yes, I know. I can hear the jealousy in your voice. <laughs> you could throw him in wizard robes, throw a hat on, give him a staff, and he would look like a minister from his books. So yeah. Meanwhile, we do that to Revan. He looks like Harry Potter. I don't even look like Harry Potter. It's more like Ron Weasley. <laughs> no, you'd look like one of the. You'd look like Percy with uh, Percy Weasley. Okay, so a mixture Aww. between. Percy Jackson? No, no, no. no. Percy Weasley, no, the older brother. Percy, Percy Weasley. He's the one that in the books, he's the one that just goes. He goes and works for the ministry. The ministry, and he's just a total chode. Oh, okay. I'm not saying that you're a total chode, but wow. <laughs> well then, that distinction. Huh. Welcome to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. It's the physical description. Uh, I know. Well, I'm yeah, not. I'm, 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 I'm just saying what you look like. I'll be getting an email from Rev. No, I really mean get email from I'm not Ron Weasley. Email, so. <laughs> that would actually be fun if we got the, yeah. the, the actual guy that plays Ron Weasley. I was listening to your show. He does not look like him. <laughs> I don't care what you say. So uh, before Ed Greenwood calls in, yes. to remind everyone that this is a live call-in show. It is. So if you want to ask Ed anything concerning, well, pretty much anything, especially the Sundering books, especially his even more especially his book, you can call us at 626-226-1475. Yep. Or you can email us at DungeonCrawlersRadio, info at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. I apologize that I missed that. For, for or far. as soon as Colin gets here, chat will be up. Messages on Facebook. Leave us comments. We're watching them. 
Yes. Yep, you can we read are. this uh, on that um, newfangled Twitter thing, too. Oh, my God. The Twitter D- page looks amazing. At DCR underscore show. That's right. And then you, I, you can just do a search for Dungeon Callers Radio now, and it shows up. Yeah. Yeah. We even have a Wikipedia. We do. Woo-hoo! Yeah. We're awesome. <laughs> and there is more exciting news. Now what I need for my fellow... Only editing that Wikipedia page. Now what I need for my fellow Wikiers is somebody to actually chronicleize and like listen to all of our archives and list every single pickup line I did last year. Oh. Um, Email yeah. those to us, too. No. Yes. Yeah, I know yeah. some of those pictures. Those were great. <laughs> we're trying to marry Colin off this week. <laughs> That's awesome. So, well, the, let's the bring that up. Yeah. yeah. We're going to okay. have a contest. So we're gonna, we are going to have a contest. Since Colin's here, he can't object. He's not here is what he means. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, sucker. Yeah, yeah. So basically, Ben has come up with the, the idea of we are going to, over the show... Uh, over Facebook or anything like yeah, that. For the next month we or so. are going to get Colin married. We're going to have a contest. Because he wants to get married, but he doesn't know how to meet women. <laughs> He's not good at it. Yeah. So we are going to open it up because, well, let's, he's a geek. There's got to, there are some several attractive I am. I'm, a, I'm, uh, I'm ladies sensing that a like, uh, web video series. Yeah. The, um, the Geek Bachelor or something like yes. that? Or the Geekler? Yes. But we're going to use that photo I took. I don't know. Did you guys see? I know Joe did. Did you yeah. see the photo this weekend, Lane? No. So I had a bunch of people over, and there was a fire, and the chair collapsed under Colin. <laughs> and he fell backwards. He looks like a beach turtle. Yeah, he looks like a beach turtle. On, it, on his back. <laughs> okay, yeah. I saw that, I saw that picture. <laughs> like his, great. his feet are over there kicking. <laughs> yes. Ladies. He's hot stuff, man. Ladies. And he's single. All I can say is... When you see his outfit that he wears, it will be memorable. Can I say, we're going to dress him up. We're going to put a tie on him for you. Well, no, I'm just saying the everyday outfit. It will be memorable, but there you go. Uh, However, Ben and Zakora will be dressing Colin up. Zakora volunteered to dress him. I did once already. So uh, let's just say this. He will show up. You will be amazed. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you should probably live in Salt Lake. I would help. Well, at least in the uh, Salt Lake metropolitan area. And or Indianapolis, because we'll be there for Gen Con. We will. <laughs> we or, or if you're coming here for Fantasy Con, hey. Fantasy Con? Maybe we can hook him up with one of those cosplayers. Yeah, yeah. You never I'm know. kind of thinking I want to see him go out with somebody at Gen Con. Yeah. Set him up at Dick's Last Resort for dinner. <laughs> Ooh. Give them a heads that up. Is, be like, hey, that is a romantic location. This is, this is their first date. This is their first date. We had to set them up on a radio show. <laughs> That would be awesome. Do we? Do you I, guys still I, have your hats? Have you been, Joe, to Dick's? My oh. hat got thrown away. Remember? Oh yeah. I, so, I was I was blocking a lady's uh, view of the game, and so they slapped my hat off. So Dick's last resort. So They're just we, mean to you. How are we gonna do this? Are we gonna have applications submitted? Or? You need to yes. submit a video <laughs> video introduction. Yeah. Yes. Video introduction. The info Say, at radio.com. Keep it clean. Yes. Ish. Collins LDS. Keep that in mind. Yes, but that doesn't disqualify if you're not. So that yeah. means multiple entries will be accepted. <laughs> it might. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pick the top three. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. A little, little uh, inside Utah humor We're there. get an email from the church. Like, oh, trust, hey. tr- trust me, I, I have been out of this, this state, and it is not an inside joke right no. there. Okay. <laughs> Whenever I told anybody in the Coast Guard that I was from Utah, their first question was, so how many wives do you have? <laughs> Colin's <laughs> going to have three. 
It'll be a battle royale to see who gets to be first wife. Wait, can we do that? Gladiatorial battle? Jello wrestling? We could do that. No Lar- way. Thunderdome. Thunderdome? Thunderdome. Thunderdome Jello wrestling. Yeah, battle in the Thunderdome? No, freaking way. If it's Jello wrestling, it's going to have to have sliced carrots and peas in it. Mormon Jello. We can serve funeral potatoes afterwards. The frosted flakes on the sky potatoes. Come on, I know this. <laughs> this will be great news, guys. <laughs> Colin, I hope you have us tuned in on your phone when you're driving. I really do. Right now, he's probably going, Darvin, Darvin, Darvin. Yeah. We got anybody got text messages from yet? Nope. Nope. I'm going to text him. You're Colin. <laughs> We're right. talking about you on the I internet. Am fo- I am fully focused and committed on making sure that this is going to be a positive experience for Colin. Positive? Yeah. No, this is not a oh, positive experience for Colin. It's gonna be awesome. This is a positive experience for the contestants. <laughs> yes. For both people. Yes. Both. Okay. Parties. Well, not only that, not only do we have this going on, but starting July, we will have a new show. First we, week of July. Yep. Uh, we're gonna start the first week of July. It's gonna be an hour show on Tuesday evenings. Yep. But that may move depending on certain things. But yeah. for right now, it's scheduled for Tuesday evenings. Uh, basically, we are gonna have uh, Lagoon. Connor, Ben, and uh, Zakora sitting in doing, Hello. talking. Well, basically, what we're going to do is we're, you guys get a call in or write in, and we are going to write a story. Why we air. are on yeah. the air? Why, and then we will get you know we'll compile that. We'll have the story and make it we'll make do, it actually make sense. Yeah, we'll probably have a, several short stories, and then I we'll, should we'll publish it. Clarify this though. Yes, three of us are barely literate. Okay, and then we have Zakora. <laughs> So, <laughs> this is an exercise in awesomeness. Yes. It's going to be fun. There will be sparkly vampires if I have a say in this. As long as the dragon gets to eat it. All right. <laughs> or something. <laughs> the, sparkly, yeah. the sparkly vampire named Revan. <laughs> hey, I do not sparkle. I just burn. <laughs> It'll be great fun. But that is starting first week in July. So, start submitting your ideas. Email us, info at... Get us on Facebook. Get us on uh, Facebook or Twitter. Yeah, there's Twitter. I heard rumors that Cora is going to do an Instagram. I yes. am. I'm going maybe. to start an Instagram maybe. as soon as I get home. Maybe, maybe. maybe we should do a, a cover con. You know? Good. Oh. Cover ideas through Instagram. Yay, we have a lot of cool stuff. This is one of the few things that is like... The, is that, that I don't know actually. What? Yeah, website's working. We're good. It's uh, it's here. Yeah, it's here. Oh, okay. oh. yeah. Was, website's working. Uh, yeah, because I was gonna say it was working at my yeah. personal residence. For whatever reason, where we're broadcasting out of, we can't get to it. We can't oh, get okay. to our own website, which is it's been it's weird. been nanny blocked. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> our weird. Our website's been blo- is blocked at my work too. It's sad. There's nothing on there that would be even remotely objectionable. Other than, I don't know. He is in a lot of those pictures on the front page. Yeah. Ah. That would, okay. I can, I... You're saying that's why the nanny blockers, uh... Yes. Okay. Can't be me. Probably not. <laughs> it <laughs> might be him. Might be. It's just a little, little much ginger. I was just thinking that maybe they have a setting for sparkly vampires. Too much, too much ginger, not enough sexy redhead. That's All the right. problem. I see how it is. <laughs> I'm sitting here, I'm going to get hit in the 
side of the head with a pencil or something. You're doing <laughs> looking at you and like giving you the devil eye. <laughs> My mic goes dead throughout the show. It was one of the two people next to me. I'm just gonna throw a shoe. Is Zakora or Revan? Yeah, we're gonna hear this. <laughs> yes, I'll be out cold. Assume. <laughs> I'll wake up next week for the show. Yeah. So again, uh, first week in July, start emailing, start sending us information in. Radio.com. Of course, our email addresses are on there. Find us on there. Email us anything you have, any questions, anything like that. Uh, next week, call in. We'll talk. We'll chat with you. We will. We will chew the fat with. If you're a girl, <laughs> if you're a girl, we'll feed Colin pickup lines. Flagoon <laughs> will feed Colin pickup lines. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Yeah. So they'll they'll probably get him slapped more than they'll actually get him any, anywhere to go. But yes, I will give him. Hopefully oh. they're clean. Oh, I think I killed my mic. Oh, no, I killed my headphones. I love this. Hello? Yeah. Well, all right. Yeah, you all right. Well, um, yeah, we have a lot of uh, retweeted tweets about really? us. Uh, just because uh, the wonderful people at Wizards just uh, tweeted about us, and uh, a lot of people have been retweeting that tweet, so... Uh, tweet Yes, we've been tweeted over and over and over <laughs> again. Would you yeah. say we're trending? We are. We've we officially trended. No, I feel like you guys don't actually understand what trending is. So, <laughs> you know what? I like my definition better. I say we run with it. <laughs> Let's do this. All right. So, so, all right, so we're just waiting for... We're uh, waiting for Ed, yeah. Okay. So, um, let me just double check the studio, make sure he's not calling in. Nope, he, yeah. Last I checked, it was Skyping in. I have sent a message to him. So, uh, yes, I'm just waiting at this point. Oh, so uh, so the, uh, so last night I finally got to go see uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Thoughts? Same here. Yeah? Thoughts? Yeah? Yeah. My, right? my only like, question is, what was with the post-credit scene? Do we want to talk about that? I don't, I don't think we're going to be spoiling know. much. Okay, so the spoilers. Scene. basically the next X-Men movie is X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, Age of Apocalypse. Oh. Okay. So that's yep. why you see Apocalypse. So that's Apocalypse, Apocalypse and the Four Horsemen. Oh, is from, that Apocalypse? Yeah. yeah. Yes. From the, making the, the pyramid yeah. is Apocalypse? Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. From what I've read, though, that actor's not playing Apocalypse. He'll be somewhat different. Okay. Oh, there's Colin. So, I mean, but, but real quickly, this is, I mean, the, Ooh, the, 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 box of goodies. The, the quick review, I guess, would be, I imagine that the board meeting to put this movie together went something like this. All right. You know, some years ago when Finger leaves to go do uh, Superman Returns. They're like, oh, okay, guys, I'm leaving for a while, so you, you know, please don't mess up anything while I'm gone, all right? I'm trusting you guys on this one. And he turns around and leaves. And they like, find Brett. Yeah, seven, yeah, like, so, like, so like, like seven years later, he comes back into the room, and he's like, what did I tell you? Did I tell you guys not to me while I was away? Guys, and then like the whole board is like, they're all like standing around with like these shamed looks on their faces. One of them's like shuffling his foot. On the floor, and they're all looking like all guilty. It's like, all right, let's get this thing cleaned up. And so then they put the movie together. They put first class together. They brought Matthew Vaughn in to do that. Mm -hmm. Brian Singer produced that one. Then Matthew Vaughn walked off. Now he's doing Secret Service. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer for that? Uh, No, I haven't seen that. Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. But then they bring Brian Singer back in for Days of Future Past. Mm -hmm. I read an interview with uh, Brett Ratner. I hate that, man. Um, who said regarding Days of Future Past? No, regarding X Three Last yeah. Stand, where he was like, they were talking to me like, you know, everyone kind of hates this movie. He's like, well, it made more money than the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> no crap, because the other two are awesome, and then yeah. you came in and did this. 
you killed Cyclops. Yeah, you within like the first and Professor X. Yeah, yeah. You you you, you basically gave like, everything that had been built. Yeah, I didn't mind them killing off. I really didn't mind them killing off Cyclops. Well, and he left to do Superman Returns. Well, yeah. I I couldn't stand the actor. I can't stand. Character. I was happy to see him dead. I just I just yeah, felt that it, I, I didn't I like just, him. As yeah, like, I just yeah. I don't think he's it either. A lot of characters die repeatedly. Oh yeah, over and over. But but they established early on that each time they die, it yeah. And so in the movie when they're dying again, I'm like, okay, I, they, they didn't die for not. Yeah. You know, yeah. Still meant something. And so that it did build up a lot of tension. I was like, I was like, is this really gonna work? Oh crap! Oh crap! Oh crap! Oh crap! <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Let's talk about the best scene in the whole movie. I was I was laughing. I mean, oh, is that all? Ed Silver. No, uh, we need to. Let's, <laughs> yeah. let's we'll talk about Ed, this later. Let's get we'll, we'll talk more yeah, about we'll... this later and uh, what we just announced about Colin because he probably wasn't listening to the show. Oh jeez, what happened? We're, we announced <laughs> the we announced game. that we we are finding you a wife online. We're doing a month long oh. competition. Are we now? Ending well, with that's three what finalists when you don't show up. Oh, three finalists or bring pizza. Three finalists. Three finalists <laughs> for dates here in Salt Lake and hopefully Indianapolis oh. while we're at Gen Con. Oh dear. Yeah, this yeah. is going to happen. This could be really bad. No. Oh, it will no. be good. All right. Okay. You good. can only use pickup lines Flagoon gives you, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> that will be dangerous. All right, let's get Ed on the line. All right, I'm bringing him on right uh, now. <laughs> okay, so let's wait just a moment. I got to... Buffering? No, no, I got to click the right button. Connecting. Processing. And... Reprocessing. Here we go. We're waiting. Hello. Well, How are you? Welcome to Dungeon Crawlers Radio. <laughs> Thank you. I'm fine. Um, can you hear me okay? Is there any bounce back or echo or anything? No, it is clear as clear can be. Okay, great. Well, thank you for coming on the show tonight. We really appreciate it. A pleasure. Yeah, uh, we met you a couple of years at Gen Con, and we talked to you again last year, uh, just before the Sundering kind of started, and uh, we're really excited to talk about the Herald, because everything's now kind of coming to the conclusion of this whole event. Yes, yes. I'm. I'm uh, I, of course, I'm hard at work on the future of the realms beyond the Herald as we speak. I'm just closing my word files and closing my email <laughs> as stuff was piling in. But, but uh, yeah, the, this is a really fun ride for me. So um, the, the Herald is a book I, I, I really enjoyed writing because I really got to cut loose. <laughs> nice. Now, I, I don't know if everyone knows this, but you started writing the lore and everything for the realms back when you were a wee child pretty much. Yeah, I was like five or six. Um, I didn't know it was the realms when I started mm-hmm. writing. Um, I, I sort of, it became the realms and it, it got the name, the forgotten realms and the, the idea that it was linked with the real world, but, and, and therefore, that's why our real world had had all these uh, legends of people who could cast spells and and these weird monsters and so on. And they were linked by gates, and we had just forgotten the way there, hence the Forgotten Realms. 
that name didn't come along till 1967. But yeah, as a as a little kid, I was writing mostly very bad fantasy stories <laughs> um, uh, set in this world, and and it developed very slowly at first. But you know, I've been at it for uh, decades now, and <laughs> so the, the lore has piled up. So I mean, how hard? What is it like then keeping all of that straight? Uh, it's impossible. It, oh, okay. it, it, uh, it, I tried manfully. I am still trying manfully, or womanfully, if you prefer. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm still trying to keep it all straight, but I have discovered that, that my brain is as finite as I imagine everybody else's is. And although I tend to remember stuff I created personally, or stuff I had an extensive hand in, even though I've read all the Forgotten Realms novels and read, if not played through, every single bit of game design done on paper, at least, for the realms, and, you know, read the comics and so on, stuff that other people do doesn't all stick in my brain as well as it should. I'm like one of those people who says, yeah, there was something about... I, I, I remember, but where was it? I, I mentally have a picture of it, yeah, but but wh- where did I where did I see that? You know, so I, I'm I'm now I'm you know I'm I'm into geezerdom. Geezerdom, I, I like that one. <laughs> I'm gonna have to use that. So all you guys in the realms, get off of my lawn! No, <laughs> <laughs> get out of my swamp, you geez! <laughs> Wouldn't so, that be the silver marshes? Uh, yeah, it could be. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a good place to keep yeah. it going. So, I, I mean, since you've been working on this for, we'll have to say decades at this point, you know, what is it like you know, when you have all the other authors that, I mean, uh, as, as talented as they are, coming in and pretty much playing in your literal sandbox? Well, you know, I actually really enjoy it. There's the... I mean, okay, let's put it this way. When I'm the sole creator of the world, the one thing my world cannot do is surprise me. Because around every corner, there's nothing unless I put it there. So it's never, ever going to come alive except while I'm pulling on the strings. It's sort of like looking down at a lifeless marionette and thinking, well, I'm pulling the strings and putting on a funny voice. That marionette can seem alive for a minute, but I always know it's me because I'm holding the strings. And the one thing that is really cool about having other people work in the realms is my own creation can surprise me. And, you know, I have been incredibly lucky over all these years that usually it surprised me in a good way. Not the, oh, my God, way. <laughs> you know, it's usually been a pleasant surprise. There, are, there are, are, are moments when I've read stuff and gone, I wouldn't have done that. But usually when I'm reading stuff, it's, oh, I wouldn't have done that. So you see, you see what I mean? It's, a, it, it's been a great thing. And there are moments in the, in the realms when, for instance, when I read Elaine Cunningham's first book, El Shadow, and I thought, how did this woman get inside my head? This is Waterdeep come to life. This is perfect. Uh, she's walking the same street. She's, oh, yeah, she gets it. She gets it. And, of course, what Elaine had to go on was the little I said about Waterdeep in FR1, Waterdeep in the North. She just 
read it, immersed herself in it, and told a great story in it, which you know, with characters I fell in love with. But to me, this was like, oh, it's perfect because these people are new. I have never met them before, but they belong in the realms. They, this is my realms. So those sort of moments of serendipity, and I, and I had it again when um, – Oh, just to pick a novel, well, two novels, just just off the top of my head, um, Down Down Shadow in in um, uh, Eric Scott Debye's novel in in uh, Ed Greenwood presents Waterdeep. Lot to do, but as I read both of them, I was going, oh, this is so cool, and this is the realms. It isn't somebody's pet project bolted on to the the realms and doesn't fit it is the realms it's grounded in the realms this is real this fits and so that uh that that sense of completion i mean is that probably the most gratifying part or is there something more to this i it it's it's the it's the lovely okay here's the thing i am you know one of these old gray gamers you know big beard belly um eyesight going, um, can talk your ear off about all the thousands of games I've played and, you know, have most of them rotting away in the house somewhere. Okay, so I remember when Gary Gygax was the bottleneck because he couldn't run the company and write Castle Greyhawk, and we were all waiting for it. And before that, he he couldn't get the Dungeon Master Guide out in time, so we all had the Monster Manual, and we had the Player's Handbook, and Issue 21 of Dragon had the tables from the Dungeon Master's Guide in it because he realized, I've left all these people stuck at their gaming tables without the guts. So here's just the tables. I'm still writing the, the Dungeon Master's Guide. Hang on. You know, I'll get there. And And I thought, oh, it's so agonizing waiting for all this stuff, and yet of course, I knew exactly what he was going through the moment I became the bottleneck for the realms. <laughs> Be- because I was the, the, the guy who had to provide all the lore at the beginning. And it's so nice when people can step into your sandbox, play with your toys, not break them, and do cool things with the toys you would never have thought to do. And you can just sit there and enjoy it. Because for the first time, I can enjoy my world as a, quote, living thing, and I say, quote, living thing, because, you know, I'm not crazy. I, I don't, well, yes, I am, but never mind. I'm not crazy <laughs> enough to think it is real, but it can seem real because my hands are not on those marionette strings. Other people are making stuff walk and talk, and I'm going, oh, yes, oh, well, that's what happened. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I have a question. Sure. Fire uh, away. What is one of your favorite surprises. Could you give us an example of something that you just that you read and you loved and you were so excited about it? Well, um one of them, you know, the, the one of them that first hit me most strongly was Elaine Cunningham bringing um Erilyn and Danilo to life and walking around Waterdeep, the city of splendors and it came to life. It seemed real. It was as if she'd read my mind. I, I, as I turned the pages of the book, I was picturing all the streets and, and, and that the characters were moving through, and she was describing them correctly, it, correctly to me, like they were matching my mental pictures. And that was uh, one of the first things. One of the lovely things was 
getting to know Jeff Grubb as a friend, because he was the first sort of traffic cop of the realms. He's the guy who contacted me about the realms, and he was the guy who was shepherding it along at the beginning. And one of the things we got to do was write Cormier, a novel, that's the title of the thing, together. And it was originally pitched to me as, hey, let's do a James Michener book set in the realms. Because, you know, James Michener at that time, still alive, still writing these honking big bestsellers that took a place in the, in the, in the real world and went all the way through the generations of, of people in that place doing stuff. And Jeff and I collaborated on that book, and I did the present-day scenes, and he did the past scenes, and he brought Cormier to life in front of my eyes. And, of course, then we would trade chapters and overwrite each other in a, in a perhaps doomed attempt to make it all sound like one voice rather than two completely distinct writers going at it. I remember Bill Larson, who was our editor on the book, said, this is much better than I was led to believe it would be. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning he was anticipating a train wreck. But for me, my delight was Jeff was taking my vaguely imagined kingdom and bringing it to life in front of my eyes with an unfolding, unrolling history. And I'm thinking, this is just what I do for every corner of the realms, and he's just done it for Cormier. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is wonderful. Nice. <laughs> so where do you draw your inspiration from when you're creating or adding to these worlds? Everything. Um, in, in private life, that, that sounds deliciously kinky, but I just mean outside <laughs> gaming. Um, I work in libraries, and I collect books. I voraciously read books. Um, I usually go through about a dozen books a week um, when I'm busy writing other stuff. you know. Um, um, so I have 80,000 books around me in this house. I reread some of them over and over again. Some of them I, I barely finished, you know, but they're all inspiration. And they're not all fantasy or science fiction or horror. There, there, there's pulp, there's mysteries, there's um, all sorts of nonfiction books on all sorts of topics, um, from making wines to um, how fish were caught to the um, secret British resistance that was being readied in the Second World War. If Hitler had invaded England, this is what would have happened or how they would have tried to fight. All that stuff. It all goes into my brain and I go, oh, that's cool. And I twisted this. But yeah, but what would happen if magic actually works the way we presume it does in the world of Dungeons and Dragons? Because everything has to match the rule set. Okay, so how would that change this recipe or this way of doing things? And of course, the Forging the Realms column that I write for the Wizards website these days, I'm looking at tiny little things like how would, how would you do trade in this thing or what's a cool way you can twist something because magic works and because it's medieval come renaissance era but different than our real world medieval renaissance because of the dragons and the magic and all the rest of it. So I get inspiration from everywhere, literally everything. Uh, everyone I meet, and I, I work in public service in a library, so um, people who are going to be characters in my books walk through the doors every day, <laughs> which is, okay, that's a rather dangerous statement. I'd never, ever put a real person directly into a book, but, but little character traits, uh, the way people speak, uh, the way they look, I take little bits and pieces and run them through my brain and 
shove them together into new and different characters. So everything that I consume in my life becomes fuel for stuff that is going to come out of my fingers onto the keyboard and then out into files and become part of the realms. Uh, my personal philosophy when I was a, a young and dangerous teenager um, was that you had to experience everything. You know, a life well lived is full of experiences. So yeah. hey, I'm going to climb down a cliff. I'm going to go down a cave just to see what it's like. I'm going to run naked through the snow in the depths of winter to feel what it's like. I'm going to try and wake <laughs> up on a beach, you know, somewhere that I've camped out on just to feel what it's like, to see what color the sky is. What does it smell like? You know, all that stuff. So I can put it into a book. Um, uh, well, okay, I wasn't doing it then, so I could put it in a book, but I... I had this philosophy. I had to try everything. You know, if, if somebody says, oh, yeah, we're eating live crickets. Okay, I'll give it a try. It may be gross, <laughs> but how will I know what it's like if I don't try it? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, that is also a recipe for getting yourself killed when very young. But but <laughs> but, but that that's where I get my inspiration from. The short answer is everything. That's All cool. right. That's so cool. No, that's great. So what's like a what's a regular day for you when you wake up and you start writing? What what is your what's your writing process? Do you have a particular like set of things you have to do before you do it, or do you just go? Oh, okay, well, okay. There is no such thing as a typical day for me anymore. Okay, um, I have a job. It's no longer a full time job, but it's still a substantial commute. It's forty miles from my house. It used to be a hundred miles from my house. Um, and I'm doing all the cooking, looking after my wife, and I'm doing all the banking and the errands and the grocery shopping and fixing this, this aging house or, or getting somebody who knows what they're doing to fix this aging house. Um, I'm doing all the real-world stuff, and I'm doing probably about 8 to 12 writing projects on the go at once. Obviously, some of them pushed to the back burner or just sort of set up on the countertop, and some of them right in front of me that I'm working hard on right now. So... It, it's sort of like um, if you describe my typical day as dealing with what's about to hit me next at the last second, okay? Like somebody puts, gives you a catcher's mitt and sticks you in front of one of those machines in baseball that fires baseballs at you, okay? And then they put them on all sides of you, and you're just sitting there going, oh, ha, oh, ha. Okay, that's sort of my typical day these days. And... Because wow. of that, um, I self-trained myself years and years ago when I was um, a um, student. When I was going into university, I, I undertook journalism. And that wasn't because I wanted to be the sort of guy who phoned up people they didn't know at 2 in the morning and said, Hi, you don't know me, but I'm from the Daily Yelp, and your son just got killed at a railway crossing. Um, do you have a photograph of him we could use on our front page? And wasn't he a nice guy? You know, the thought <laughs> of doing that just makes me cringe. Yeah. But the nice thing about training to be a journalist in those days, and we had very good teachers, and this is before computers, so it was all thundering typewriters, is I was consciously training myself so that I could write under any conditions with loads of noise, people interrupting me, people yelling. So I, I wasn't the sort of writer who says, oh, I can only create if I'm, I'm in my fuzzy pink slippers and nothing else. <laughs> and the air is scented with jasmine. And I'm in my little cave. And Mantovani is on the... You know, I, I can't be that sort of writer. So I, I train myself not to be that sort of writer. So there is no typical day because the typical day is 
um, what is the most pressing job? Good, do it. <laughs> now, get it done faster, 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 because, for instance, um, here in front of us is the month of June. There is a major novel to finish. There is a major piece of game design to finish. And because I live in the real world, and you know there will be endless requests to do, for instance, interviews like this one, or yeah. could you just write this, or could you just write... Sure, that's what I do. I don't say... Oh, let's see. I'll get back to you. And no, no, no. That sort of writer is either incredibly successful or independently wealthy and doesn't have to worry about where their next paycheck is coming from. And they can do a book when they feel like it, like every three years or whatever. The rest of us in the real world, and particularly if people are waiting for stuff about for the realms, and so I feel guilty because there are people all across the world waiting for me to produce this next little bit that they need so they can turn around and do their stuff. I'm, you know, there's no typical day. It's just like, right, 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 right. Um, just before um, we started this, I was um, soldiering on through a chapter of the novel, making sure that people were, were um, speaking in character, that it felt right, the dialogue. I was rereading what I'd written and doing it all over again. So there's no typical day, and there's no um, um, artful process for getting ready, getting my mind into how to write. What I do is seize a few minutes when I can, put my bum on the chair and my fingers on the keyboard, and start writing. Even if it's garbage, it's something I can fix later, whereas I can't fix a blank file. I can't look at the blank white screen and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to write really cool stuff on that white screen someday. <laughs> Can't do that. All right. Someday is now. <laughs> so what can you tell us about that's going to happen? I mean, I know you can't give away exact details, but what can we expect to, see, to, to read in The Herald? Well, The Herald is the last or sixth book of The Sundering. And as we know by now... <laughs> if we've been paying any attention, yes. <laughs> that the Sundering is the worlds of Abir and Toril pulling apart again. And in theory, this will mean an end to the tumult that's been going on pretty much since the Spell Plague hit. So for a nigh a century in the realms, um, and longer in some places and locations and whatnot, uh, nothing has been reliable. Magic has gone wild, and people have had to figure out new ways of doing things. Um, the very um, landscape itself is changing. There are these earth moats everywhere, and, and, and so on. And what we're seeing in the novels of the Sundering is there's lots of fighting going on. There's lots of conflict going on, because yeah. um, people are forced to be displaced, or you know the sea that they counted on for their fish and so on is suddenly half the size it was so their port that was right on the edge of it is now miles away from it so you have to move to where the fish are well maybe the people um the other people want to get them first and there's fighting and all sorts of things and we also have what is obviously from stuff we've seen in some of the earlier novels uh, regarding chosen of gods uh some sort of power struggle or contest amongst the gods. And what you'll see in the Herald is that conflict comes to a head because there are no more Sundering books after this one. It all ends here. This is the big confrontation where the mortals who serve this deity and the mortals who serve that deity are going to come smashing together in conflict because what they are trying to do for their deity, those goals conflict, 
You're also going to see Elminster, because, hey, guess what? Yes, Elminster is in this book. That's why he's on the cover. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, it is also, you know, the next thing that happens to Elminster after the Sage of Shadowdale trilogy. And in the Sage of Shadowdale trilogy, you, you may recall, if you've read those books, that at the end of it, we have a world-weary Elminster who's only hanging around because he so much wants to die. He so much wants to retire. Yeah. Um, he's only hanging around until his successor, who he hopes is his great 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 granddaughter Amaroon, who is with him at the uh, at the end of those books and is with him. Uh, spoiler: with him in the Herald, al- along with Storm Silverhand and some others. Um, he can't relinquish the purpose and meaning that has kept him alive for the, uh, these last um, seven or eight centuries knowing that he's just walking off the stage and condemning Amarun to a swift and horrible death because, you know, once people realize that she's his successor, it's like painting a target on her and she's toast. So yeah. the only way to stop that is he has to train her, he has to temper her like, like a blacksmith putting a tool or a weapon into flame Till she's strong enough and smart enough, and by smart enough, I don't mean native intelligence and cleverness. She's got that. It knows enough of the important stuff, you know, where I hid this, how this works, that he can pass on to her, that she's ready to withstand what's going to come flying at her. And until he does that, he cannot rest. So that's where he is at the beginning of the Herald. He's in a different place at the end of the Herald when the chips have fallen everywhere, the, the battle royal has happened. You've seen all sorts of things happen before your eyes. And as happens in, in most books, I hope, in most stories, um, the characters have changed and grown in front of your eyes as you turn the pages. And that happens to Elminster and to Amaroon and to Storm Silverhand and to a lot of other interesting people that, that I, I haven't mentioned yet. <laughs> All so, right. So, so yeah. there's even more going there, on. There is more than just than this. The eyes in, oh, in this book. Man. Yeah. Okay. Well, let, let let me drop some things in front of you. Sure. Candlekeep, the famous monastery uh, on the edge of the sea, where all the world's greatest books, hopefully, are preserved. That is a major um, setting in this novel. So is. The city of Mistranor, yeah, brought back from ruins by the elves, but can they hold it? Because there are other people that work in this book, and and um, I don't want to ruin it for everybody, but guess what? They're doing things to the elves, and including to Baelnorn, and at the same time, um, evil people are doing things to the monks of Candlekeep because when a certain protagonist gets to Candlekeep, um, he realizes that a whole bunch of the monks aren't really the monks. They have been, the original monks have been in person, are killed and impersonated by someone else. So he's sharing a monastery with a whole bunch of people who look like the monks of Candlekeep, answer to the names of the monks of Candlekeep, but how many of them really are the monks of Candlekeep? And what are they all here for? Are they here for the same reason he's here for, which has to do with an ancient prophecy involving Kelvin Blackstaff that's been around for years in real time and years and years in the realms? And how will it all play out? Well, that's what you have to read the book to find out. I love that. Oh! No, I mean, this, it's a great, no. great book. 
I mean, Thank you. And it just wraps everything up in a nice package. I mean, Bob started it off, and then everyone, everyone's it's done a great job with their stories to progress, you know, the Sundering storyline, even though they're all separate. And this book just, it's like that wonderful gift that's at the bottom of the box. <laughs> Thank like, you. That you're just like, oh, my gosh. Every little gift that you pulled out was was worth wait, going through to get to the bottom. So, uh, <laughs> All right. So it oh, is. Uh, uh, happy it customer. Is, right. Yes. <laughs> no, no. That, that, that's great to hear because um, it's really hard to back clean up, particularly yeah. when the last two books before yours you didn't get to read while you were writing yours because they were being written at the same time. Oh, wow. Oh. And so although we, we had these summits where we all got together, and by the way, that for me was the gold in this project, getting to sit down around a table, no matter how tired we got and how long we talked, to, to just bounce ideas around. It was like the most cool creative cauldron that you can think of. You can see a little bit of it in the, in the videos that have been posted on YouTube you know, about the sundering. You could see us sitting around the table and, and jabbering away as we plan things and pull out maps and, and um, try and shape the realms, not just for the Sundering, but for Tyranny of Dragons and the, the realms going forward after this. You know, we, we've been um, looking at all sorts of things that will, will come in the realms ahead after the, the Sundering as well. Because, of course, the whole point of the realms, the, what makes the realms the realms, is that it has a rich and unfolding history. You don't just walk into this blank tapestry and tell a story. Oh, let's tell Rapunzel or Romeo and Juliet in the realms. Well, you can do that because the setting is rich enough it can accommodate it. It was designed so that, you know, TSR originally could put everything. So we could have an Arctic uh, thing in the realms. We could have a jungle thing in the realms. We could have pirates in the realms. We could have a sort of um, Arabian Nights thing in the realms. You know, it was designed to have all that. But the, the point of it all is it's got this ongoing or rolling history. We are only here for a moment unless, you know, we can master time or, or cheat death by staying alive in some weird way so we can extend our lifespan. So the realms continues to unfold. So it's all just part of this great unfolding, unrolling tapestry that, that because it's role-playing, we get to help weave ourselves. That's the cool thing. It's like life. You get out of it what you put into it, and you get to put stuff into this. Unlike, say, great games from chess to backgammon to Monopoly, where you open the box and get to play a great game, and there are great board games set in the realms, like Lords of Waterdeep. What a cool board game. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, but the thing is, you can't change the rules of Lords of Waterdeep in the middle of the game, unless you want to have a huge argument. You know? yeah. <laughs> but, but the thing about role-playing is you get to, to affect the world. And and the the idea of always making sure that there's room for people to do their own thing in the realms, and at the same time, to give them really cool toys to play with, so they don't say, well, well, what happens next? Oh, this is happening next. Cool. So they can either you the player or DM or group of them can either be a part of that or over here on the side watching it go off in the distance. And of course, that was the the trick with the herald. I didn't have word count to cover the entire world and tell you what happened to each and every place and person and, and kingdom and um, monstrous race and so on that, that are, is in the setting. I have to tell you a story that stands on its own two legs inside the covers of your book. That's what we all did in our Sundering books. Yeah. Tell you a good story first. It's just set in the Sundering as opposed to, 
And here's the first part of the Sunday, and now I'm passing the baton to the next book. And, you know, that because that doesn't work unless we could write the Sundering over 10 years. We could... And we could all read all the previous books and then write our next little episode. But that would have been, I think, death to the Sundering because it would have taken too long. Yeah. You guys need to see it coming out in front of your eyes. Um, if you're a voracious reader like me, it needs to keep pace with your hunger for reading. Come on, come on, it's been half a year. Where's my next novel? You know? <laughs> we, can't, we can't say, oh, don't worry, in ten short years, you know, I could be dead in ten short years. I need it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, just for us, I mean, because we were there at Gen Con two years ago when you guys announced this and rolled this out and said this is what's going to happen. And, I mean, here we are almost two years later, and it's like, oh, finally, I know how it ends. So I, I can understand that because, I mean, two years has been a long time to wait, you know, and now, you know, we have the next version of D&D and the Forgotten Realms rolling out so we can enjoy that as well. So oh, how bright the future me, looks. And for all of us in the Sundering, it's been two years of keeping our mouths shut. Well, we desperately wanted to tell you what was going to happen. Oh, I, 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 I'm sure. I can only imagine. I mean, just last year at Gen Con, the, the really amazing... Uh, murder mystery thing that you guys that they put on with that huge, massive, amazing-looking sword and scabbard. <laughs> that was that was tons of fun, and it really amped up the energy. But we're like, man, I bet you those authors know exactly what's going to happen, and we can't ask them because they're just going to say, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't well, happened yeah, yet. Yeah. Um, well, of course, you know, if you, for instance, if you buttonholed uh, Paul Kemp mm-hmm. or Aaron Evans at Gen Con, and said, what's going to happen in Ed's novel? Either one of them could quite legitimately have said, I don't know, because they yeah. knew I hadn't written it yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, they know in general where the, the Sundering's supposed to end up at, but they have no idea how I'm going to get it there in that last little bit. You know, it's sort of like saying, well, I know he has to end up in New York, but is yep. he going to take a pogo stick? Is he going to fly over it and parachute down? Is he going to crawl? Who knows? You know, and literally they didn't know. But but yeah, the, the thing is, there's a. We always want to share secrets. Yeah. That's the enticement of it. But one of the things I learned right at the beginning of this, when I you know took my world, my own private little world, and shared it with people in little bits and pieces in Dragon Magazine way back, Dragon Thirty, you know, um, and onwards. And then shared it with the gaming world when it became a product line is if I spill things too soon, it ruins it for everybody. It's like going to see a movie and you're you you're absolutely gripped by it, and the guy in the row behind you says, "Okay, I'm going to tell you what happens in the rest of the movie." This happens, and you're going, "Ah!" <laughs> you know, because he's ruined it for you. <laughs> and, and therefore, I always find myself in that same position. I have to not tell you. For, for two reasons. It ruins the creative fun, the anticipation, the, the juicy in engaging with the world and saying, what if? And it, it also ruins it for all those dungeon masters out there who want to go off to the left, and some guy at their table is going to say, but Ed Greenwood said you went off to the right. you know. Mm-hmm. And that's a terrible thing to do to people, because I'm ruining fun just because I couldn't keep my mouth shut for 30 seconds. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I realize, you know, all you have to do is watch celebrity culture, that there's a lot of people who can't keep their mouth shut for 30 seconds. 
No. But most yeah. of them are richer and prettier than me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are talking with Ed Greenwood, the writer of the next book coming out from the Thundering series, The Herald, also the creator of the Forgotten Realms itself. So if you have a question you want to ask Ed, Feel free to give us a call at 626-226-1475. You can also reach us on our Twitter feed at Dungeon or at DCR Show underscore Show, and you can also find us on the Facebook thingy, Mabob Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Just type, start typing in Dungeon, and I'm pretty sure we're the first thing that comes right up. Facebook thingy, Mabob, huh? Yeah, the Facebook thingy, Mabob. Facebook thingy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's Dungeon Crawlers. I see Radio. we are fellow masters of tech. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thingamabob, and that's why we brought intern Widget. Colin 2.0 on the show. Yes, <laughs> to run our technology oh, for us. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if you, uh, Colin's actually running the uh, live chat right now, so if you want to chat with Colin live and get your question asked by Colin, you are more than uh, free to uh, use that particular avenue. How can they get into uh, the chat, Colin? Go on to DungeonCrawlersRadio.com, click on Listen Live, go scroll down on our Blog Talk Radio, and uh, right at the bottom of the page, there will be a live chat. All right. So we want to do uh, the uh, Amazon uh, drop? We or? can do that, but it, it will be dead air to, to Ed. So just, uh, well, yeah, it's yeah, just going to be... Yeah, bills for like 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah 30 live seconds. chats are always better than dead chats. Dead yep. chats are so quiet. <laughs> they are. All right, so we will let this run for about yeah, 24 seconds, and then we'll be right back. This next half of the interview is going to be brought to you by Amazon.com. Uh, once you're done with listening to the show, if you want to get yourself any of the other books that you've been uh, hearing about in the past few weeks, just go to the sidebar uh, located at DungeonCollegeRadio.com, clear out your cookies, enter in your search term, and shop as normal. It doesn't cost you anything extra, and uh, even takes a little bit of money back to us. So it's not entirely a selfless gesture. That's Amazon.com. All right, and we're back. Ta-da! Yep, bills paid. Like yes. we never left. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I would hope so, not. You're, we were talking about uh, you know getting together, doing the you know, getting the books together. How was it like um, meeting up with uh, the five other authors and the other they're amazing authors and just brainstorming with them what the Sundering was going to be? What were some of the things that ended up on the uh, you know balled up in the, uh, the cutting room floor? Yeah, or the, the cutting room basket. Yeah, balled up in the little balls and used for uh, for. Um, that basketball. Well, I don't know if I can tell you what left on the cutting room floor because you see that's the thing when when you're at a company like Wizards of the Coast that is all about creative IP stuff. Anything we left on the floor could be picked up and repurposed by somebody else in some other thing. Oh, so if I tell you about it, I could be misleading you about something that might pop up in you know with scales on it and a dragon's note somewhere else. So, but but I, I can say that the the real treat for me of the sundering process was the summits, where um, we I don't think we ever all managed to get all together at the same moment in the same place because somebody was always tied up and had to do it by phone, which meant when we we'd be sitting around a conference table in Wizards of the Coast and somebody's voice would be coming out of this little um, blister thing in the in the front of the table. You know, they could hear us and they and they could talk to us like like a conference call, but they weren't actually there. But most of us could get together around the table and plan the future of the realms with maps and chalkboards and whiteboards and 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 moving little fingers around and interrupting each other and coming up with cool ideas and and it was just 
absolute gold for me. And all of the writers who participated in The Sundering were all either already good friends, old friends, or I got to know them while we were working on The Sundering. And so you can never have too many friends in life. And for me, gaming, this whole long voyage of the realms has been about, hey, I get to share my world with people. Uh, my 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 world, my imaginary world, with real people all over the real world, and make friends with them. And so for me, it's just been great. I get to meet people, and and they are cool, creative gamers or cool, creative writers or both. And we get together and bounce off each other, and it's the energy level is high, bouncing high. It's ever so much more fun than sitting in your basement going, "Well, I haven't got anybody to play euchre with." So I'll just shout out the hands, and then I'll move around the table from chair to chair, playing each hand. And you know, there's something lost there. Yeah. <laughs> you role play because you get together. It's an excuse to get together with your friends around the table, and and share your lives, tell jokes, um, tell funny things that happen to each other, um, share other interests. Like, hey, I discovered this great book. You want to read it? You know, and get together and tell a story together. And and that's that was the goal for me, the, the summit meetings where we all got together and planned things. I am going to miss those summit meetings if they have to stop now that the sundering stop. And I, I figure they probably do have to stop. But I, I would dearly love to, you know, go to Wizards of the Coast and hang out as often as possible. I'm sure the people who work there would be swiftly driven nuts because they couldn't get their work done because they're just <laughs> bearded guy hanging around their cubicles interrupting them so you know but but for me as a gamer it's like ooh, this is alibaba's cave this is where it all happens this is santa's grotto this is everything rolled into one yes treasure <laughs> island lead me to it <laughs> yeah we totally agree with you on that one we'd love to show up there and just hang out that would be awesome <laughs> now because the uh, the geek culture or role culture in general has changed, where role playing has become more and more acceptable, I mean, it's even now being used in classrooms. You know, what is kind of your your thoughts on that? Because it's slowly become something that, like, you know, yeah, we play it, we really like it, but we don't really mention it. We do it in the basement at home. But now it's like everyone's talking about it. It's really acceptable to your local game store. You see people at the library sometimes doing it. It just seems to be everywhere. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, it is really nice not to be la- labeled dangerous Satanist. You know? <laughs> yes, yes, that um, is, I agree. But, but in general, uh, I, I have seen this happen over and over again, because when I was a little kid, science fiction was like that. Oh, yeah, those weird guys with slide rules and thick, thick, thick glasses read science fiction. They're weirdos. You know, the rest of us don't do that. Um, and then I saw the same thing with fantasy. Oh, yeah, those airy fairy types, you know, the the ladies who wear fairy type stuff or, or people who smoke weird stuff. They, they get into this Tolkien stuff, you know, and now it's mainstream. Same with science fiction, Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, it's mainstream. And all the fellow geeks that grew up like me at the same time, they're running movie studios. They're running TV networks. They're putting stuff we love on the screen. So it's mainstream. And the same thing has happened with gaming. And to me, it's just like, hey, can we fix the world even more? 
it's getting closer and closer to what I want it to be. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> I mean, there there are other things about the world that, you know, like the pollution and the overpopulation and all that, you know, depleting the, the resources and all the rest of it that, that I'm worried about. But um, I, I'm in that position of, okay, there's the stuff we have to do, the work we have to do to stay alive, and there's the stuff that inspires us to keep going and stay alive anyway, our dreams. And that's where the fantasy comes in, that's where the Dungeons & Dragons comes in, and it's so nice to have Dungeons & Dragons be moved from, oh, you play Dungeons & Dragons, eh? I think I'll just place a call to the local police station. <laughs> um, to move forward, say, oh yeah, I played Dungeons & Dragons once, to, oh, you play Dungeons & Dragons? Oh, you have something to do with these? Uh, mind if I bore that? You know, it, it's a lovely progression to see. And it is absolutely lovely to be on a subway or in a waiting room in an airport and some little kid or some grandma is sitting there bored waiting for their flight and they pull a paperback out and it's a Forgotten Realms novel. And you just sit there going, <laughs> And it's also not only, it's great. It's like, look, these people may not even game, but they know my world. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they walk the same world uh, that I do. We're sort of like in the same club together, even if they don't know it. And, you know, it would probably be uncool of me to interrupt and say, hey, I created that. Because then the, the rest of their flight, they'll be, oh, yeah, there's this weirdo three seats up from me. You know, <laughs> you know, so I may never say anything like that to them, but I can sit there and smile and think, hey, it may be really tiny, but I changed the world. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's so great because you know, not only is it you know, the role-playing game and, and novels, but you also there's comic books that it's now in. There's video games. I mean, there's just a little bit of everything. And it just continues to grow. I mean, we even have games on the iPad or the iPhone or your smartphones to play now. So, you know, and board games through like mm-hmm. Lords of Waterdeep or Legend of Dritz or mm-hmm. we could probably say other ones up there on the shelf. Oh, yeah. And, and I really enjoy those board games because that's the thing. I grew up when sort of board games were like the only thing. You know, there was no none of this. It was it was underground, or it was military intelligence and training, you know, for yes. simulation games. And the rest of us had box games that we got under the tree, or at the department store, or box games that were ancient and shabby that our relatives had, and when we went to their houses, we played them, like Steeplechase and Parcheesi and stuff like that. And And maybe you had a parent who played chess or checkers, you know. And now, it's like, you know, these games that we get now are gorgeous. Yeah. Look at all this stuff. And look how much more complicated they are. And yet, the really good ones can be played very simply. So little kids can grasp them and play along and beat you. <laughs> because, you know, they can be taken at a very complex level or they can be taken at a very simple level and they can be played either way. And it's still something cool you can do sitting around with your family or friends and have a laugh together and spend quality time together the same way that D&D um, as flat role playing you know you might not you may or may not draw the map in front of you on the on the table you're just playing you're sitting around maybe you're sitting on the sofa with your feet up on the back of it you know with a bowl of chips in your lap you know maybe everybody's lying around in somebody's basement playing it you know but in their minds, they're sharing the same adventure. 
Yeah. And and I find, I just find that so incredibly cool and sort of like we're not outsiders anymore. We have managed to move the world, so now the world belongs to us. Was <laughs> <laughs> this a plan all along? I, Something I, tells me yes. this was like a big. This was his theme. master plan he since just age six. Up like everything <laughs> that I felt about gaming in general. Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, that's the cool thing. You know, when you're broke or you're tired and you're wondering where you're going to get the money for for the, to pay the next bill, you can take a deep breath. You can step back and say, "Never mind." This world belongs to me now. Nobody may know it yet, but but I do. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Now, it was mentioned that you started creating these worlds when you were younger, five and six. Yeah. But where did you get the interest? What spurred that? Well, okay. At about that age, my mom died. And my dad was raising us with the help of my aunts and my grandmothers who'd come because he worked um, for the military and was away a lot. And what that meant was, particularly as um, I had two younger sisters, at that time I was the only guy and I was the eldest, I was left to entertain myself a lot. You know, and the piano lessons and stuff that isn't really entertainment, you know. But the other cool thing was... One of the places I could go away that wasn't in my own bedroom was my father's den, mm-hmm. which was crammed full of books, um, all sorts of books. And my father was one of these guys who collected books like I do, and he crammed them in. He built shelves to physically fit the books. Mm-hmm. So the paperback shelves were just tall enough for paperbacks to fit on them. And the, the shelf below them, okay, British paperbacks are just a tidge taller, or were then, than North American paperbacks. So the next shelf would be just big enough for British paperbacks. And they'd be 1940s pulp things like give one to a friend in uniform when you finish, you know, reading it. Or uh-huh. what passed for porno books then. You know, oh, he's frail. She was staked out nude in the sun to die. You know, which, you know, when you're five and six years old, you devour that stuff and discover the, the cover was it. You know, there's nothing inside like that. Hey! <laughs> but I was reading everything everything in my father's den and therefore anything that I thought was really cool I would usually go running upstairs to my dad and said hey dad this is really good uh, you got what's the next one and because of the sort of stuff that my father had collected he almost always looked down at me and say well son if you want any more you're gonna have to write it yourself because that writer's been dead for 20 30 years and I go oh and I go back downstairs all deflated. And then I pull out any any of his endless stacks of blank paper and his pencils, and I'd start writing the next story. You know, which was usually terribly bad and derivative. And of course, for copyright reasons, I could never publish. I wasn't interested in that. I was interested in finding out what happened to the characters next. So that's where I drew the inspiration from then, because it was like there are all these cool characters I want to know more about. And for instance, um, many, many mystery novels, and I'm talking pulp mystery novels from the 30s and 40s. There'd be a femme fatale or a really bad villain who was behind the murderer who got caught, and that villain got away, the, the background villain. And I'd say, what happened next? Well, in some cases, the author never wrote another one. 
in that series, or never wrote any another one because they went off to war and got killed, or they they decided to sell washing machines instead, you know, because they needed to eat, and or my father just didn't buy the next book, so I never knew it existed. So I would like try and write the next story about that character, and again, most of them are are you know those my my the things I wrote better show in the waste paper basket. Yes, definitely. But all that time I was trying to tell stories for myself, to entertain myself, not anybody else. So I was, and I was reading voraciously. So I was saying how masters of the English language, like Rudyard Kipling or P.G. Woodhouse um, or J.R.R. Tolkien. My father had the first edition Lord of the Rings on those shelves amongst books about the Second World War. You know, and everything was there. So I, I could see how writers handled stuff, and I could try to copy the things I thought were good or worked, and then discover that I just didn't have the vocabulary to do it yet. So I'd read more stuff, and that's where I was getting all that inspiration from when I was that young. That is so cool. Wow. So you, so it had to be a lot of filling in, uh, filling in a lot of blanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the eternal is the answer to the eternal question yeah but what happened next mhm yeah there's a there's a famous bestseller um go the to sleep <laughs> picture book that was uh, a new york times bestseller a year or two back you know where the the poor parent has run out of things to tell the kid and the kid won't go to sleep you know mm-hmm. and they're going nuts no but, but you see in my family that was always my grandparents or my my aunts reading a story to us, you know, we'd be lying in our beds with the lights out and they'd be sitting there in a chair reading the story and they get to the end of it and say, oh, that's, that's all there is. And we'd say, yeah, but what happened next? <laughs> Good, <bad. You> know. <laughs> but I mean, from my, that's what I was trying to answer. What happened next? I want to know, you know, the Lord of the Rings ended. Thank goodness there were all those appendices full of stuff because I want to know what happened next. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I have to say, I, Congrats to your dad because I mean most parents would have just said, "Well, the author's dead. That's it." But no, instead he he put a positive spin on there. Well, you want to know more? Write it yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, and, I mean, and oh, my dad, who is no longer with us, um, my dad was a brilliant guy because what he would do, he would never, um, he he understood manipulation. He would come into the room and he put five books beside me. And he'd say, no, when I come back, I don't want to see that any of those have been touched. <laughs> and, of course, as a small kid, what do you do? You touch the books. <laughs> yeah. you. Well, what you do is you circle them, looking very carefully at how he laid them down so they would. you could put them back in exactly the same position. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, you pick them up and you look inside every one of them because if he didn't want me to look inside them, there must be something in there that's cool. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> now, sometimes there was and sometimes there wasn't. But by that method, he managed to um, guide me through his entire library into really cool things I would never have discovered. Harold Lamb, this great American writer who wrote um, what you might call historical fantasies, you know, about Cossacks having adventures and so on. It was great stuff. Or um, the Saint books and all of the various um, gentleman heroes of the era from Raffles and 
and um, Norman Conquest and all of the, the, the people who were like the saint. And all of these cool – well, there, there's just so many things. Uh, all the old Edgar Rice Burroughs, all the early Conan. He had all this stuff. And there was there the occasional one. He'd say, uh, you might not want to read that where people can see the cover. But he would never say, you know, that isn't for you to read. He would never take anything away. You know, and, and I, I found, again, what passed for, for slightly off-color stuff of the time. And it's so, like, Peyton Place and so on. We read it today and go, really? But, I mean, in those days, it was, like, really racy stuff. But as far as he was concerned, no kid of his was going to be censored away from looking at anything they wanted. It was up to them to decide, no, that's not for me. I don't like that. You know. So, as a result, I explored everything. And and yeah, it, it was really cool because it it gave the it gave me the greatest of pleasure later on in life to be able to walk up to my dad and say, "Here, you might like this book, Dad. I know you haven't read it because I just wrote it." <laughs> oh, wow! Because you know, it was really hard to buy books for my dad because he'd always already read everything. Yeah, you know. <laughs> No, that is oh, that's pretty trust cool. Me, you haven't read this one. It hasn't been published yet. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. Wow. So um, before we uh, before we start have to start closing off with you, I um, I've always wanted to ask you, Ed, if there's any one piece of advice you would give to any reader or, or especially any gamer out there, if you had just one thing to say to all of them out there, what what would that be? Hmm. To a gamer as opposed to a writer, I would say try everything and realize this world is richer because of the variety. So don't be as quick as some people are on the Internet to trash you know, this game or that game or people who disagree with you or people who love a game that you hate because it takes all sorts to make a world. And if you dismiss something, particularly if you dismiss something too quickly before you've tried it or tried it fully, you might be missing out on something. And it would be a horrible world if we all liked the same thing. Because then, for one thing, there'd only be one writer who had a job. We'd all have to wait for that writer to die for the next writer to get a chance. Because we'd all be reading the exact same thing. So I would say to gamers, never miss a chance to game when it won't you know, ruin your life by taking too much time that you need to spend on something else, like to stay living, because you can't have back the time that you fritter away. If you always say, oh, yeah, we'll get together and play Lords of Waterdeep next month. One of these days you're going to say that, and the guy you were saying it to or the gal you were saying it to is dying in hospital or has just been killed in a car crash, and you'll never get the chance to play Lords of Waterdeep with them. So don't miss a chance. Don't miss a chance to go to a convention, a gaming convention. If you've never attended one, go to one. If you, can, if, if you happen to be a role-playing gamer, make sure you can make it to Gen Con at least once in your life. The big show. You know, to, 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 for one thing, to know, hey, look, I'm not the only crazy one. Look at all these people who are just as crazy as me. I love it. You know, <laughs> and, and make sure you bring enough money because there will be things in the exhibit hall that you will never see again. If you do not buy them then, that's your one and only chance. Or at least bring a credit card. <laughs> you know, there's got <laughs> enough room on it. You could say, oh, look, wow, these are 
fantasy coins that look real. Oh wow! Oh look at this game. Oh I've got to have. I've got to, oh, look at this map. I gotta have this. Oh, and and you know, indulge yourself because there is there is not always a tomorrow, and your yesterdays are gone. You can't relive them. So reward yourself in life. Do the gaming you get the chance to do. Make friends. Enjoy gaming. Don't 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 use it as an and don't fall into the trap of using it as a as a way of sneering at people who play a game you don't like. Um, it's, it's a fun thing to get together. Just to, it, it, it's like when we were young and silly and we played make-believe and let's pretend. And when you play with you know, young children and they giggle and play and they know that what they're playing is not real and so on, but you just have fun, you go along with it anyway and everybody has a good laugh. That's the essence of great gaming. Not arguing about rule number 36 after you've been playing for four hours and you're playing for keeps and you want blood on the floor. No, no, no. It's all about doing... That's the cool thing about Dungeons & Dragons. It's cooperating to achieve things together. And then you achieve something with your friends, even if it isn't real. Even if you can't in real life be a slayer of the undead because, you know, you're confined to a wheelchair or you have to work eight hours a day. You can do it in your dreams. Don't step on other people's dreams mm-hmm. and indulge your own dreams. Bwaha! <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> that was awesome, and and I have to agree on Gen Con. I mean, our first time going in there, they literally had to yank me back into the aisle because it's like, ooh, ooh! I kept running off in different directions, wanting to look at stuff or b- grab stuff. So, yep, uh, it is lots of fun, and we're excited. We're going to be there again this year, so hopefully, uh, we'll get to see you. Cool. Uh, yes. And and, and, and local cons too. Yes, there are lots of great small local cons. They just don't have that huge overwhelming look at all these people that Gen Con has. But you can actually, at some of those smaller cons, you have more time to do stuff, and you can actually get to meet more people. But but yeah yeah yeah, let's do it. <laughs> See you at Gen all Con. Right. <laughs> all right. So uh, speaking of uh, conventions, local conventions, are you going to be doing anything? Uh, any other, are you going to be making any appearances at any locations or any conventions or uh, doing any signings anywhere? Sure. Um, okay, signings, um, for signings on the Herald, um, if you can't get to me, if you can get to my website, theadverse.com, and make sure you put the the, the in there, theadverse.com, um, I will sign books if you buy them from that site, okay? So if you can't get to me, the, that's one way to do it. Uh, awesome. I intend to go to Gen Con, to Fan Expo, and that's the Fan Expo in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, right at the end of August, beginning of September. I hope to go to Grand, the second Grand Con in Grand Rapids, Michigan, in September, and I will probably go to Phantasm, a local convention in Peterborough, Ontario, uh, in and around there too. I don't. I was hoping to get to VCon, but I don't think I'm going to be able to because I do have a day job. I have to, have to for all this time off. But I'm I'm committed to go to Game Hole in Madison, Wisconsin, in November, and so I will definitely be at those places. Um, and and I'm looking forward to Game Hole. To, to not only playing games there, but uh, Chris Perkins, who, who is helming the story, the gaming story at the Realms, and I will probably be doing a panel there together. So we'll get to, to plan the future of the Realms when we're not talking to, to, to gamers. <laughs> nice. All right, and I, you actually already answered my second question, is where else can uh, people go to see you? And uh, you answered one of that. Do you have a Facebook or a Twitter feed that uh, you keep track of? I, I am on Facebook, although I don't get on to it very often because, you know, um, 
I'm a busy guy. I do not have a, a Twitter account because I long ago re- reached the realization you can have a life or you can tweet about having a life. You <laughs> I like that. I, I'm sorry. And I mean, the first few tweets I, I, I witnessed coming across my screen when I was doing stuff um, for my job was tweets from young teenage girls saying, I'm going into the bathroom now, I'm unzipping, and I'm going, really? Who cares? You know. <laughs> but but uh, I, I, I just don't have time to, to tweet. But yes, I have a, a Facebook, I have a personal page, and I have a, a fan page um, as an author, both started by a good friend of mine, Jeff Thetford, who is a fan of the realms, and said, you know, Ed, you have to be on this Facebook thing. And I said, I don't have time to be on this Facebook. He he said, I'll do it all for you. Here, you're on Facebook. Just show up every so often. Answer people's questions. Oh, good. I I do that. (laughs) All right. right. Well, with that said, we don't don't want to take up too much more of your time, even though we could probably talk to you the rest of the evening (laughs) with no problem. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And getting me to talk is no problem. Getting me to shut up. Yeah, that sometimes takes work. <laughs> well, it's not only you, it's us, too. I mean, this is just, it's an honor to have you on the show tonight. Uh, oh, now, the Herald comes it releases on June 3rd, correct? Yes. So just next Tuesday. Yes. So if and you don't have this uh, pre-ordered, go do it. Yes, and, and and I have I have seen some posts on Candlekeep the Candlekeep the website that suggest that some people have already gotten their hands on copies in the stores. Oh, huh. so oh, yeah, some of them are creeping out there, but but that's okay. Waiting and anticipating makes it all the more juicy when you finally unwrap it. Yes. Yes, very much so. Then all the people that are uh, posting up on their Facebook and whatever and whatnot saying how awesome of a book it is, yeah. I'm sure that doesn't really hurt sales either. No. No, no, no. yeah. Pl- please go and do that. Pl- please tell everybody how awesome it is because, you know, I would like to have a kidney-shaped swimming pool full of champagne too. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just, you know, be able to fix the brakes on my car. Um, the people who live near me might actually like that second one a little bit more. So, <laughs> so yes, please awesome. go out and buy this book. Buy six of them. Give them away to needy people like your parents or your classmates or your coworkers or your children. Um, they should all read the Herald and, and be traumatized for life. No, that's all. <laughs> no, or but just buy it in all three copies. Get your audio book, your e-book, and the hardback. There you go. Yes. And I promise, in the future, I, it may not be Rome stuff, but I will start reading some of my own audiobooks. I will put on the funny voices. I will be the alluring femme fatale. <laughs> I will be the square-jawed hero. I will be the evil villain. I can do it all. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be fantastic. Yes. All right, so... Uh, with that said, thank you so much for coming on the show this evening. A pleasure. Uh, we, it's been great fun. Oh, wonderful. We appreciate your time. Yeah, Joe, you I, got something? I was just going to say, yeah, it was a pleasure hearing from you again. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry I missed last year's Gen Con, but it was great hearing from you again. Come back. Yep, Come we, back to this year's Gen Con. Oh, oh we, we will. We, we, on it. There, we have like six people coming. We do. Uh, and we're going to try and find one of our hosts a date while we're there. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, no. we're hooking up we're, one of our hosts with a date. We're having a contest yeah, through our we'll, Facebook page. We'll see how it um, goes. 
does the host know this yet? Well, um, he, he, barely, wasn't here when we he, he wasn't here when he announced it, but he does now. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. And and is this date supposed to be a a person or or? Yes, yes, it, it is supposed to be a person. Okay. I mean, we can loosen the restrictions a bit if you have a better idea. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure there are laws about, you know, interspecies dragon. Well, no, never mind. Yeah. Let's not go there. <laughs> I mean, it is I, Indiana. probably we scared enough know. already. Who knows? We could hook you up with a drow, probably. There there are plenty of those wandering around the Gen Gun. I'm finding you oh, an yeah. Ewok. Ooh, and, and an Ewok. Oh, no, never mind. We, we won't, we won't. <laughs> yeah, we won't go there. Nah. <laughs> you, you may have to start. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Again, this is Ed Greenwood, the new book, The Herald. It's the final book of The Sundering. Releases uh, next Tuesday. Go pick up your copy. And if you are going to Indianapolis, uh, find him. Uh, yes. I'm sure he'll be wandering around the, the floor or at the Wizard's booth. Yes. And, yeah, I will be happy to sign your, your copies of The Herald or any other of my books that you happen to have brought along. That's okay. That's what I'm there for. So to meet folks and, and hang out and talk realms with them. So, yes. Cool. All right. All right. Yeah, well, thank you again. Thank you. My pleasure. All thank right. You. Have yourself a good night. And yeah, you too. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much. Oh, yes. Squeeze! <laughs> Did All you, right. The entire, like, left side of this table is bright red <laughs> and giddiness. Literally. Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, like they're all the cover of Revan's hair right now. Yes, so, they've all become partial gingers in the face for a day. Yeah. Um, so we, uh, so before we head into the last half of the show, and we have to do we got like commercial thirty break. minutes left, right there. But I gotta say this: I need to go find myself a gorilla so I can high five it. I know. Woo! Did you just? So does that mean? Lagoon the gorilla. I'm about as hairy as one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> although, although I've taken to shaving the uh, okay, the chest tiles. Yeah. Right. Oh, so yeah, 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 yeah. so <laughs> we have five gamer forge emails. Which we should have brought those up with the head. Um, we probably should have. That would have been one awesome. of them. <laughs> but I felt really guilty because we've had them on the line for over an hour, and honestly, we could have gone. Probably, probably, probably would have kept going. going. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it's awesome. Um, Having him on the show, I mean, it's like Bob, you know when we have Bob on. It just we just keep we just keep talking. It's like we're chatting with a, a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole thing just rolls so, along. I don't know. Do we want to take a quick five minute break and then come back and yeah, try to hit? These? We should probably yeah, because we also need to mention one of our other sponsors for the evening. So if you want to get yourself a free copy of the Herald, that's right, a free copy of the Herald, you can head over to Dungeon Crawler or sorry. Pod, uh, audiblepodcast.com forward slash Dungeon Crawlers Radio, or even easier, just click on the Audible link on our website at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com, sign up for your free 30-day trial of uh, Audible, and you get a credit for a free, that is right, free audiobook, and you could probably pre-order your own Audible copy of The Herald today. Oh if yeah, not, it's out there. If not, if you don't want that yet, which I don't know why you wouldn't want that, just get all the Sundering you could, books. You could get whatever book you want. They have literally thousands of copies of books to to uh, choose from. So Audible is an awesome choice if you don't have the time to do the reading that you do, so desperately want to do. Awesome! Yay! There you go. Yep. Sweet. So I think we have the perfect one now. Yep. So coming up after the break. Yes, Gamer Forge. <laughs> we'll hit the Gamer Forge and then. We will wrap this. Sh- I mean, this epic show. Up. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it was it was that. This was this is one for the books. Epic. 
So we got game reports after the break. Mm-hmm. Big news. We'll re- we'll rehash it. Uh, yeah, if we have time. Yeah. We'll, we'll try to be quick. And don't forget, we're trying to marry Colin off. Yes. Yes. Oh, I, the, this so, oh, so for those oh, for those single ladies out there, be sure to send us an in, an email with uh, yeah, just just something a little bit about yourself. And we'll be posting rules soon. We're looking for a we video will, testimonial, yeah. Yeah. not testimonial, oh, video, video introduction. Video, video introduction. testimonials will be awesome though if you can get a recommendation. You need to you need to tell us you know a little bit about yourself. You know, likes, dislikes, and also. What games you're currently playing right now, both yes. digital and tabletop. There we go. Yes. Okay. What books you are reading right now, and uh, I will give you a hint, Twilight is not a book, it is toilet paper. I see Twilight, it's, it's gone. That automatically, <laughs> that automatically disqualifies Wait, you. hold up a second. Colin doesn't have a say in any of that. you really... I, I show up late one time. That's what happened. what happened. Yep. Maybe right. you should have brought pizza or something. Uh, All right. We will be back uh, after right, this so Take a break. There's a dolphin man standing in the shadows When he calls your name, voice is strong and it's a dark and smoky place, so you can't quite see his face. He pulls you close and whispers in your ear. And he tells you he was born into some money. But it didn't mean he had to sit around. And he knows a thing or two about the things that you should do. If you don't want to take life lying down. First of all, hang out a lot with Hemingway Spend some time fighting bulls in Spain You should go three rounds with Archie Moore and Sugar Ray So damn scary you won't mind the pain Fear inside at the rumble in the jungle Make friends
Well, 